everyone, this is Jen. And this is Dom. And you're listening to... 99% Chance of... Wine and Murder! Sometimes, like, I love doing this podcast, but I also wish you could see the action that Dom just did while we recorded our our opening. We should do, like... It was like a cheerleader thing. Yeah. It was like, raw, raw, wine and murder is the best! <laughs> I got excited. <laughs> Don't judge. Also, this is episode 11, so hello. Yay! Um, if you're listening, that means you got through the fucked up one we did last week, which is great because it was kind of maybe a lead up into our New Year's one, which is going to be like probably two times to three times that amount of yeah, like crazy. And if you Googled the Oh, did images. everyone Google it? It's, I mean... That's a game changer. That's a game changer. Yeah. But I mean, I won't even Google it. to the images to our New Year's opening because I'm too scared. I'm too scared too. But we, prob- we probably have to do it. I mean, like, I guess we could do it together, but I we'll don't do want it to together do it alone. While we're recording the podcast. Oh, no. No. <laughs> in the dark. We do the podcast like, in the dark. Let's just say, okay, like, if you're a true crime fan, that's great. We are too. But this is over the top. Mm-hmm. Okay, you don't really know how fucked up people are until you research like one thousand murders in one week, and you're like, "Holy shit!" There's like some fucked up people, but then there's some really fucked up people. For reals, though, like my search history is, I know, is pretty incriminating. Sometimes I'm like, "Oh my god!" Like if there was ever like an accidental death, and people were looked back at my, they're like, "Who the fuck is this woman?" Yeah. Why is she the way she is? Like, why is she looking at murders? Did she murder this person? No, I didn't. But, (laughs) I mean, I researched a thousand murders just like it. (sighs) Like, that's like the... (laughs) Making a murderer where, like, the Stephen Avery's cousin... What's his name? I forget. I don't even know. Fuck it. Anyways, his research history was real fucked up. Yeah. But somehow, yeah. you know, they don't think he did it. But I mean, maybe I mean, he was a true crime lover just like me. He's just trying to live his best life, okay? Negative. Negative. We don't like him. Oh, he's is, he's not in jail anymore, is he? I don't, I don't think so. We retract whatever we just said about him. Because we, we don't want to get we murdered. We think you're nice. Don't come to Canada. (laughs) All right. My turn to go first today. What do you consider the freakiest thing possible that could happen to you, Jen? (laughs) Is this a real question you're asking? Yeah, I'm actually asking you right now. Shit. Probably, like, right now as I stare out my window as we're talking, like, if someone was fucking sad. I mean, yeah, that would be creepy. But would that be the creepiest thing that could happen? I, don't, I like I don't know. I can't think of anything because now I'm put on the spot. Jen, disappoint me. We're fighting again. My creepiest thing is stalkers. I don't know why. Oh my god, did you do a stalker one? I did. I love this. But the fact, okay, let me just start here. When I think about this question, something that I consider pretty freaky and out of the ordinary would be a stalker. Why? The thought of having someone watch my every move, follow me, and knowing everything in my life is just really fucked up. 
sometimes when I think about it, I actually change my daily routine because it freaks me out so bad. Okay? This leads us to today's story of Ming Sin Shu. I don't know if I pronounced that right. But I mean, it sounded right. Ming, which I shortened throughout this whole story because I was not saying the you whole name. You were saying the whole name the whole time. That's fair. No. Ming was born in Taiwan on October 15, 1950. After eight years, his family moved to America to explore a better life for them and their children. But unfortunately, <laughs> no. But unfortunately, <laughs> after only three years of living here, his father passed away. I was trying to be serious, Jen. God damn it. Sorry. This left Ming's mother to raise the children by herself, which was not an easy task as having Ming for a child would ensure a nightmare. While growing up, he would often beat his younger siblings to a pulp and wreak havoc in their household. As a teenager, he was involved in many criminal instances, including arson, which he was later sentenced to psychotherapy at the ripe age of 14. Four. Awesome. His mother reported that he often lied and manipulated other individuals, that he was uncontrollable and took no responsibility for any of his actions, and that he didn't have any feelings just like a dog, which the statement pissed me off because dogs do have feelings. He's Dom's worse an animal, a huge than a animal dog. lover. I mean, I also love animals, but I mean, like, I'm like, like, probably the highest animal lover, like, you could almost get. Like, I feel like they're just. God's greatest gift to humanity. Okay? Someone that only cared about himself. Now, some would say this is a typical teenager. But something tells me they would be wrong. In the ninth grade, Ming began to have a crush on one of his teachers, Mary Stoffer. When questioned, he admitted that he had sexual fantasies about Miss Stoffer, both consensual and non-consensual. He began to write his fantasies down about Stoffer, depicting this and even gang rape. But would these fictional stories in his head be enough to tame the beast? Negative. In 19... <laughs> <laughs> Big shocker. This was negative. <laughs> in 1975, Ming broke into what he believed to be Stoffer's residence. However, it turned out to be owned by her in-laws, who were then tied up and held up at gunpoint. Once he left, they would never reported it to the authorities. Why? I don't know. During this time, Stoffer lived in the Philippines with her family and worked as a Christian missionary with her husband, eventually returning to Minnesota in 1979. Only one year after they moved back to the States, Stoffer and her daughter would fall victim to Ming's years of fantasies. One day while out, just after leaving a salon with her eight-year-old daughter, Elizabeth, Ming made his move. He kidnapped both mother and daughter and held them at gunpoint to get them into the back of his vehicle. He finally had her. But while driving back to his house, he stopped two times because they were making too many noises in the back. Unfortunately, a six-year-old boy by the name of Jason Wilkman approached the vehicle to see what the commotion was. Ming grabbed him and put him in the back of the trunk as well driving to an isolated wildlife refuge in Anoka County. Here, he took the boy out and unleashed a brutal beating with a metal rod resulting in the young boy's death, which is very sad. Back at his house, he kept Stoffer and Elizabeth in a closet. 
He would take Stauffer out to rape her repeatedly and speak with her about who he was and his infatuation with her. During the day, while Ming worked, he would keep Elizabeth in a locked box in the back of his car away from the mother so that they could not correspond with one another. He hung fear over Stauffer so she wouldn't try to escape, never knowing if her daughter would be brought back to her after his eight-hour shifts and threatening to kill her husband and the son if she got away. For seven weeks, Stauffer and Elizabeth endured Ming's personal hell. Finally, enough was enough. She had to save her daughter from this man. And on July 7, 1980, while Ming was at work, they broke out of the closet, changed to each other, and reached a nearby phone where they called the police for help. They then walked outside the house and hid behind the car in the driveway until police arrived. They were finally free. Later the same day, Ming was arrested at his workplace and taken to Ramsey County Jail. He was obviously full of himself, thinking no one would betray him, because he offered another inmate $50,000 to get Stauffer and her daughter killed to prevent them from testifying and help him escape from prison. Little did he know, (laughs) this inmate would turn around and report all the information to the FBI. Like, why would you do that? Like... I get that also, you need like, a friend. If you're gonna no, but if you're gonna call from prison to hire a hitman, you're fucked up. It's probably gonna be a police officer on the other end, or they're listening to your call. Not only that, but like, why would you tell another inmate this? They're obviously gonna try and get their time reduced. Hundred percent. Dumbasses. All right. So, yet again, his narcissistic personality fucked him. In 1981, the courtroom doors opened and Stauffer was ready to testify against her attacker. Little did anyone know that Ming had actually somehow smuggled a knife into the courtroom and viciously attacked Stauffer by jumping over the table and slashing her face. He also vowed to kill her upon his release. This attack resulted in her receiving 62 stitches to her face to close the wound and left her even more traumatized. Where were people during this time? I don't know. Ming saw a psychologist who subjected him to many tests resulting in the findings of no mental illness being involved. Fit to stand trial, Ming was sentenced 30 years to life in prison for the kidnapping and rapes, as well as an additional 40 for the murder charge. In 2010, July 6th, he was eligible for parole, but the judge said that he was still a threat to society and sentenced him to spend the rest of his life in prison where he belongs. Good. And again, if you like this story, you can look it up online and kind of tell me what you think about it. Um, oh, that's really crazy. Who gets a crush in ninth grade and, like, harbors it for 15 years and then, like, attacks that person? I feel like... Yeah, that's, that's really fucking Really crazy. strange. Also, um, side note to that whole, uh, thing. Halfway through your story, I realized Dom went first the last time, too. I did? Yeah. No, I went first the first time. No. Episode 10, you read your amazing story before mine, and then I read mine. My story? Listen back. Oh, well, I'll listen. Whatever. <laughs> It was a good one. Dom just thinks she's better. I'm a narcissist. <laughs> I should be watched. Oh my god. Watch your back, Jen. Okay, well, 
Hi, my name's Jen, and uh, I'm scared. <laughs> okay, so my murder today is uh, William Bradford Bishop, the family killer. Oh. So William was born on August 1st, 1936 in Pasadena, California. He graduated from Yale, and after that, he married his high school sweetheart, Annette Wells. He worked for the military for a time and then got a job with the U.S. State Department's Foreign Exchange, which gave him the ability to travel all over the world. Hmm. In 1976, his wife, mother, and three kids lived in Bethesda, Maryland. And then on the morning of March 1st, sidebar, that's my brother's birthday, um, of that year, anyways, 1976, (laughs) not my brother's real birthday, he was born in 1990, um... Anyways, moving on, he was uh, informed that he was not getting the promotion he was working so hard towards. I'd be fucking pissed. And he was, yeah, he was pretty upset. So he told his secretary he thought he was coming down with the flu and that he would be leaving for the rest of the day. So after he left work, he went to his bank and withdrew $400. I mean, I feel like it's probably a lot in 1976. Yeah, I feel like it. Okay. And then proceeded... And then he proceeded to visit his local Sears store. There he purchased a ball peen hemer. <laughs> wow. Hemer. Sorry, everyone. It's like past 10 o'clock, which is past our bedtime. Way past my bedtime. Uh, ball peen hammer, gas can, shovel, and pitchfork. Just like casual things you go to the store and buy. Interesting. Yeah. Around 7.30 or 8 p.m. that evening, William returned home. His kids were already in bed, and his wife was downstairs in the living room. He proceeded to brutally murder his wife and attacked his mother as she returned home from walking their dog, Leo. Like, why? Just so you know, John, the dog was found alive, so don't worry. Thank God. Um, he then climbed the stairs to his children's room, where he killed all three of his boys. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. After everyone was dead, he loaded all the bodies into the car and drove 100 miles to North Carolina. There, he found an open field, dug five graves, and then dumped the bodies in the shallow graves. He then lit the bodies on fire and drove away. Like, why? Right. It's not their fault you didn't get the promotion. Like, if you're going to kill anybody, why not kill your boss? Exactly. I mean, not that I would kill my boss. But. That's good to know, Don. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, seriously, I wouldn't. Right. However, like, if they I was in that state, like, why? why? Kill your babies. Um, okay, so the following morning, a park ranger was alerted of the smoke and went to check out what was going on. There he made the gruesome discovery. However, the bodies were not identified for a week. Um, so after no one had heard from the Bishop family for a week, a neighbor called police to investigate. When they entered the house, the detectives on scene said that... Sorry, the main detective on scene said, In all my 12 years on the police force, this is the worst crime scene I have ever seen. Inside, they found, the, they found blood covering the walls, ceilings, and floors. Mm-hmm. They also... This is hard to hear. They also noted that the, in the kid's room, there were scratches on the ceiling from where the back of the hammer hit as he was killing one of his sons on the top bunk. Like, that's how hard he was hitting them. 
Like, he was, like, bringing it back up that hard to the ceiling, and it, like, hit the ceiling. Yeah. That's disturbing. Yeah. That, like, that makes me feel sick. Um, anyways, um, so police then linked the bodies found in North Carolina to the Bishop family, and a massive manhunt ensued to find William. They found his station wagon in a parking lot of a local sports store in Jacksonville, but there was no sign of William anywhere. Because he had a weak jump start on the police, they believed, using his diplomatic status, that William traveled to Europe. He is still at large today. No. Yeah. They never found him. Are you fucking serious? Yeah. So a few people in Europe have believed they've seen him over the years and reported it, but they've never been able to determine it was him and they've like they've never found him that is so creepy so they, they don't know like what snapped in him they don't know why he decided to murder his family like there's they don't know anything i hope he got killed by somebody like i fucking hope he got run over by a car hopefully he's not still alive well yeah i don't know i mean they have a few unidentified bodies or something i was reading um in Europe, but I mean, and they have they have now like he's on the FBI's ten most wanted list still. Crazy. Um, and they have like a composite, what's it called, like a composite sketch or whatever. Yeah. What he would look like now today. So they have it like all posted, like all over the place, like Europe and the states and everything like that. So. I feel like that would be insane if somebody found him. Yeah. So I mean. I mean, he was born in 1936, like, he's... He's fucking old now. Yeah. So, there's like, so if he's not dead, he's senile. Yeah, like, there's just... But anyways, I mean... Crazy. Just murder your whole family, and you're like, cool. I guess I'll just go. Like, if he was that upset, why didn't he just leave? Instead of murdering his family? But what I don't understand, if it's, like, if it's the promotion that upset him, like, seriously, why didn't he kill his yeah, boss? But what snapped for him, though? Because, like, people, they, like, asked neighbors, friends, their family, and they're, like, was there something going on and whatever, and they're, like, no, honestly, like, they were such, like, a happy, which I know is what they say. Yeah, but like they are such a happy family, and like no one would have ever expected this to happen. That's crazy. Sad. Well, well I bet if you Google it, you could probably see photos of the crime scene because apparently that's what Google does. <laughs> no. God. Yeah, I was shocked. Yeah. Like you know, you always, they always have like pictures of certain things, but you don't expect to see like what you see. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. Um. I was thinking about it the other day. I want to mention uh, about this podcast called Serial. Oh, I've never heard of it. So it's a true, it's a true crime, true crazy story sort of podcast or whatever. Because um, someone told me, someone mentioned something about an attic the other day, and it reminded me of this story and how it freaked me out. I don't know if I told you this. How it freaked me out so badly to move into this condo but i i'm not on the top floor so like it doesn't bother me that much right but uh it was about this woman who moved into this condo and like she kept noticing like random things would go missing like her like she bought a six pack of like pop and like there was no missing one day or whatever so she wasn't like she thought that maybe her brother came over and like 
was taking her food and then she'd no. like get mad at him and was like, yo, like I can't afford for you to keep taking my stuff. And anyways, this went on for two years and she was just thought it was super weird. She ended up getting a puppy and she would leave the puppy in the bathroom while she like locked in the bathroom when she went to work just mm-hmm. so that it wouldn't like piss or anything. Yeah. So like that's where... And so one day she got a call from her landlord and they're like, hey, your apartment's flooding. You need to come home because we, we don't have a key to get into your house. And she's like, oh God, okay. So she like rushed home because her dog was in there, right? So she rushed home and like went into the bathroom and like her puppy was in the sink. Was alive. Was alive. Yeah. It was relax, alive? Relax. It was, uh... It was alive. Yeah, it Say was it. alive. I okay. said the puppy was in the sink alive. Okay. But she's like, there's no physical way for how small this dog was at that time that the dog could have gotten into that sink by itself. But then she was like, you know how you, like... The fuck? You know how you, like, think you're just being crazy and you're like, yeah, yeah whatever. Like, for sure. Not a big deal. And, like, she'd hear things in the ceiling every once in a while, but she's like, whatever. Like, it's just, it's nothing. Right. Um, so what all changed one night is so she stayed home from work one day because she was sick and she hadn't taken a sick day in like forever or whatever. Um, and so she was like lying on a couch and then she's like, you know, I'm going to take a bath. Like I'm, I just need to feel better or whatever. So she, uh, she runs a bath, she gets into the bath and she lies down and she like, you know how you, like, lie in a bath and you kind of just, like, look up? Yeah. And so that's where, like, the entrance to her attic was. And she looked up and the attic was open. No. And she, and she's like, I just, I just laid there. And was like, there's someone in my house right now. She just knew. And then all of the situations came rushing back to her. Oh she was my like, fuck. there's someone, there's been someone living in my attic. And she chalked, like, she didn't think that her dog barked or anything like that because this person probably came down every day when she was at work and played with the dog so it's like the dog knew who this person was right 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 um so she's like okay the only place that this guy could be hiding right now is in the closet and to for me to get out of the bath and walk towards my front door and leave i have to walk by the closet so it was open because he like came down so while she was on the couch or whatever watching TV, like, he probably, like, came out and went into the closet. Thinking she was, like, gone to work. Right. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So, um, he must have heard her and, like, went into the closet or whatever. <gasps> um, and so anyways, and she's like, I have to walk by this the, closet. Right. To leave my house. And she's like, so I got out of the bath, put my house coat on. And it was at the time where there, nobody had cell phones yet. So she had to like call her sister from the landline and was like, I need you to come pick me up right now. And like, so like she grabbed her dog, left her house, drove to her sister's house and called police. And by the time they got there, like this guy had left, but they went up into the attic and they found like sleeping bags, like garbage. And like, so someone had been for sure living up there. But she also thought, she's like, you know what? I also thought while I was lying here in the bath, she's like, it's been two years since I've lived here. If this guy wanted to kill me, he would have done it already. For sure. For sure. But still, like, like I... So he, like, just needed a place to live, yeah. basically. But, I mean, how how creepy is that? I don't know how she would keep her calm. You know, like, I'd be laying in the bath. I'd see it open. 
I'd fucking fly out of the tub. I'd be like... Like, I wouldn't even have time to put my house coat fucking back on. I'd be fucking, like, running around naked. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. I'd be, like, in a state of terror. Isn't that crazy? That's really fucked up. I'm like, I can't even... Ooh. I mean, addicts also remind me of the movie Sinister. No. Stop. It's one of the scariest movies I've ever seen in my life. And you know what's so funny? Everyone, you should watch this movie. It's fucking terrifying. Um, I watched the movie. Couldn't sleep for three days after. Um, and then when I was living in the townhouse I was living in at the time, the condo board emails everyone and they're like, hey, we just need some, we're just going to send people in just to make sure the insulation and all the town, the townhouses in the attic are okay. And I was like, like, two years ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, what if they find something in my attic? I thought the same thing. And I was so scared the whole time the guy was up there and then he came back down and left and I was like, oh my God, thank God. So, in our bedroom, okay, Jen and I used to live right next door to each other, but in our bedroom, I don't know if it's the same in your bedroom. Yeah, it's in the closet. Yeah. No, there. ours is right over our bed. Ah. Right? Like, Why I, have I never noticed this in the house sleep, before? I sleep on the left side of the bed now when I used to sleep on the right, but it's literally like maybe one, not even a full step over, straight up. Oh, I've never been. It really that. freaks me out. Sometimes I sit there and I look at it and I'm like, "No, that would freak me." The that fuck is the creepiest thing ever. That's that's too much. Who puts it in the middle of a room? Yeah, above the bed, well, above probably where your bed's gonna go because right? that's too scary. Because anybody wants to sleep under an attic door, like, come on, well, have you ever a watched fucking, a scary movie? Yeah, there's a murderer or tapes showing a murderer that lives up there. Okay. Yeah. Who's going to turn your Ooh. children into I'm going to think about that when I go home tomorrow. Sorry. Fuck me. Hopefully no one's living in your attic. I will literally stab them to death. So they better not come down. Okay, well you just confess the murder on our podcast. Well, they better not come down. <laughs> if they're living in my attic and they come down, they deserve I mean, to die. self-defense. So. Yeah, I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing in my house? There'd be no logical time to, th- like, no time to think logically. I'd be oh, like, no, I would fucking hell just make shit. Yeah, 100%. Like, okay, I'm going to go in my bathroom and pretend you're not here. Just, like, leave right now. And Cleo would probably, like, shit herself. <laughs> Cleo is my dog, and she's scared yeah. of everything. Yeah, she would not be excited about that. That's the, like, one thing I like about having a roommate now is that, like, if my husband's ever out, I, like, don't have to stress about somebody breaking in and me being by myself. That's fair. No, you that's know? totally a good thing. Yeah, you know? Because my husband's usually always home anyway, which is the most comfort. But at least I'm not alone. <laughs> that's true. That's nice to have someone else there. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. All right. Well, well was... thank you for listening to episode 11. Yeah. Remember, everyone. Always keep your wine glasses full. And don't get murdered. As Bye. well. As As don't let people in your fucking attic. As well as that's our new tagline. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.